another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. And Tom's been wanting to do this one for quite some time, so I have obliged him. Today we're going to be breaking down Matias Vargas from Velas Sarsfield, one of Tom's favorite teams to watch in Argentina, he tells me. And Tom, of your favorite team to watch, Vargas just might be your favorite player to watch, huh? Oh, definitely. Uh, Monito Vargas, the little monkey. Um, it's just that classic, diminutive Argentinian playmaker who who just comes up with some some moments of magic to to light up uh, games. So he's he's a guy who I always enjoy watching, and obviously I'm a, a little bit biased when it comes to Velez, so I've I've got a soft spot for him. I'm not going to lie. So I should start the podcast by asking you if he's the next Messi, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the, the typical route to go down, although a lot of people in Argentina have been comparing him to Eden Hazard. So, yeah, take, pick one of those two for your uh, lazy comparison. But no, no, he's he's got similar attributes to those guys in terms of he's he's a great dribbler. He's got good close control and balance, good footwork and skills. And he, he's got that ability like Hazard to uh, kind of use his body and, and sort of bounce off players and and he's very difficult to get the ball off basically um and he, he starts in that wide left position even though he loves to cut in and he he's he's the kind of guy that you would expect more to be a number 10 but he nominally operates as a as a left winger so yeah that's where some of those uh comparisons might come in but i think i'll try and dampen them right now and and not say he's on the other level of e- either of those two guys well, that kind of answers my first question for you, Tom, because when I was studying up on, on Vargas and, and when I was watching him play and watching the highlights, one of the questions that came up for me was, is he a left winger or is he a midfielder? Because it seems like in every single play, he's starting from a different position. But so for you, he can function in both of those roles, but maybe ideally as a left winger with a lot of license to cut inside? Yeah, that, that is the, the position he traditionally takes up for Velez. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where he's deployed for Argentina in these upcoming friendlies. Um, I think he's not quite got the the pace. He, he's got some good um, sort of scampering explosiveness that he can, they can get, get him away from people. And he is very good at crossing as well, which again lends it to him being out on, in the wider areas. But but really, he, he's more of that guy who's who's going to thread the the lovely through balls. He's got a bit of vision, creativity, and technique to to really unlock defenses. So, yeah, you'll often see him drifting inside. And, and also, he's he's got that knack of getting in the area and, and scoring a few goals as well. So, he, he is versatile. Um, maybe not in the traditional modern European sense, but but he's, he's, he's a bit more than your classic number 10 or, or a classic winger. He's he kind of drifts in between the half spaces and part of what stood out to me when I was watching him Tom and you mentioned his ability to kind of thread those through balls he's a really good passer but he's also a really quick and good decision maker it's one thing to be able to play the types of balls that he plays but it's another to be able to play them with the speed that he plays them with and with the efficiency that he plays them with seems like he gets the ball on his foot and he's already made that next decision he's threading that pass and he's putting it into where one of his teammates can run on. And that was something that really impressed me in watching him. Yeah, exactly. He, he can put these balls through from, from quite a distance. And again, that's that's why he can kind of whip them from, from the sort of wider positions, nice and early, catch the defense sleeping. And 
and yeah that's what makes him such such an interesting player to watch that the the technique to go with the vision you know that's i think that's something that we all we all look for from a from an attacking midfielder so yeah he's he's really impressed he he initially sort of made his debut um the end of 2016 and and scored a few goals. There was one really nice solo goal that he kind of slalomed through a few people and, and popped in. And that was kind of a hint of what what was to come. And then last season, we, we really saw him consolidate his reputation as one of the, the best young talents in the Superliga, um, especially in the second half of the season. He, he ended the season with five goals and 10 assists for a Vela's team that struggled for quite a lot. Um, and he was averaging three dribbles per game, 2.3 key passes per game. And he was there... He was a real attacking fulcrum. Um, so um, he's he's and he's taken that mantle on even further now that Velas have sold some of some of their other key players with Mauro Zarate betraying his his uh, his boyhood club to go to Boca and and also Santi Caceres um, getting signed by Villarreal. So he's he's definitely now. Um, the tal- talisman for that for that Vela side, and and it's an exciting Vela side as, as well. So it sounds like this upcoming year, the the 2018-2019 Super League season. Does it go into 2019? They they have enough games to get into next year at this point still. <laughs> Just about. They've uh, they've got a random little cup competition that they've tacked onto the end of the season. So nice classic. Uh, cobbled together Argentinian uh, football administration. Sure. Good. Looking forward. What is it called? The cup of champions probably something like that oh yeah i don't even know (laughs) well i'm looking forward to that certainly but it sounds like this is a big campaign for him in that kind of talisman role and this could be a chance for him to get even more attention on him and as you mentioned he's gotten a call up into this very experimental argentine side uh, to face off with noted football power guatemala and also colombia in this in this international window what do you kind of expect from him over those two matches looking at that argentina squad Outside of Sergio Romero, there's no player in it with more than 23 caps. The leading goal scorer for this Argentine squad is actually Mercado, who has four internationally. So this is a very, very experimental side, which is, to be frank, probably what Argentina needed at this point. This is an opportunity for Matias Vargas at this stage. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. It's it's one that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, again, like we mentioned on the last pod with uh, Ezequiel Palacios, someone that I'm extremely pleased that uh, Argentina are giving an opportunity to. Um, but yeah, one, I was a bit, yeah, a bit surprised that um, came so soon. Uh, but you never know in this new era, it's, it's a real chance for players to make a, make a name for themselves. And, and the, the issue is that there are a lot of similar players in, in his position and of his ilk, which means it's going to be hard for him to stand out. But Right now, maybe it's more about someone who can complement the rest of the team and, and provide something just a little bit different at international level. So it's definitely worth trying him out. Um, I would love to see him succeed. And, and there's other players in there as well, like, I don't know, Franco Servi, who, who I've been a fan of for a while, who weren't nowhere even in the conversation for, for the World Cup. But, but now I've got uh, a chance to see if they can they can do something and particularly if he gets a, a run out against Guatemala then I think we could uh, we yeah we could see him do quite well 
Carlos Ruiz still playing for Guatemala? I know that's off topic, but he scored a couple <laughs> goals against the United States one time. Checking now. Oh, yeah, baby. 38. He was. Oh, no. Still going strong. No. Looked oh, like no. this. Uh, the, the roster on Wikipedia is from 2016, which appears to be uh, the last time Guatemala played a match they cared about. Well, they might be going down the Panama route of getting yeah. all the old boys yeah, in. Yeah, bring so them back. You never know. <laughs> yeah, make a World Cup run. But I think, like you said, one of the issues for Vargas is as a midfielder who likes to play wide on the left but cut in right heavily, uh, that position is pretty full for Argentina. There's a lot of players with that skill set. What makes Vargas stand out from the others, if anything? Well, yeah, it's that that is the the difficult question because he, certainly his dribbling ability is is something that's very impressive. Um, but I think probably that that ability to to break down defenses with those wonderful through balls and and whipped crosses, I think that that's something that even though Argentina have got a, a wealth of talent in in those number ten roles. He's someone who really can pick the lock of a a, a tight defense that's uh, that's sitting deep. So, yeah, I think I think that's the idea. I don't necessarily see him being as a guaranteed talent who, who who's going to be a regular feature for this Argentina side. But I like the fact that he's been given a go, and and you never know if if he if he does impress, then we might see a bit more of him. But Whereas certain other players like Lautaro Martinez, Christian Pavon, uh, even even Palacios, you see them with that really high ceiling of, of going on to play for elite clubs. I still have reservations uh, that Vargas will kind of have that same career to trajectory. Uh, I feel I feel like he might just be more of a sort of mid-table Italian or Spanish uh, guy who's who's a bit of a hipster's choice for, for a nice Europa League team or, or something like that, which it, there's nothing to be sniffed at. But I, th- I think he might sort of slot into that kind of role of always being in the conversation, but maybe not being a, a guaranteed international regular in the future. Um, what, what do you make of that assessment, Austin? I think that sounds fair to me. And my next question to you, well, first, I was just going to praise Walter Kahneman for finally getting into the Argentine squad as I sit on the Argentina national team Wikipedia page. It's about time they called in the best defender that they have and also the only one playing in Brazil. But more on topic, um, my question to you is going to be, what do you kind of see next for Vargas? Will his move, if and when it comes to Europe, come straight from Vela's? Or is there another move within South America first, whether that be to one of the big Argentine clubs, you know, be that Boca or, or River or, or somebody along those lines, or maybe even to Brazil for one of the big names in Brazil. You know, you could see him at, at Cruzeiro who have had some success with Argentine players or a club like that where he's playing at the highest level in South America or maybe even to Mexico first. Do you see one of those moves first or do you see that move to kind of that mid-table European side? Do you see that coming next for him? I think if you'd asked me about six months ago, then they'd have said one of those, yeah, bigger Brazilian sides or Mexican side or even MLS. Uh, we've seen a lot of young Argentinian playmakers go over there and, and do well. So I, I would have expected that. And he, he did have quite a low uh, buyout clause for, for a while. I think Flamengo were interested in him um, because, yeah. They're always going to just try and hoover up all, all the talent. Who are interested in it, if we're <laughs> going to be completely honest? Exactly, yeah. But I, I think now that 
he's got this national team call up, then the likelihood of a European move has, has increased quite a bit. Um, Fiorentina have been linked and I think that would be a really nice fit. Um, I could kind of see him. Yeah. Like I said, maybe not a a top club, um, but a side that is willing to kind of accommodate maybe the, the weaknesses in his game. So they're not exposed and, and, you know, he could, I, I think a player that I could see him having a similar type career to is, is Pablo Gomez. Who's, who's a bit of a cult hero there at Atalanta and, you know, he's, he's had a few chances in the national team, but never, never been a, a regular. And so I, I, I could see Vargas doing that. Um, but, but for the time being, he's, he's in a really interesting Velez side. They've got Gabriel Ainsé, um, obviously the former Manchester United uh, fullback um, as their manager. And he, he's one of the most exciting young ma- uh, managers in Argentina right now. He, he got Argentinos juniors up from the second division and he's, He's, he's really sort of uh, trying to bring through quite a high-intensity European style t- to Vélez and with, with a lot of the young players they've got there. Um, so that that will probably hold uh, Vargas in good stead in terms of learning some of these tactics that he, he would probably ha- uh, be expected to uh, to do in, in, in Europe. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think generally I would... I, I urge everyone to to keep an eye out for for Velez and all their young players. They've, as I mentioned, Caceres was someone who they'd um, who came through last year and has seemed to get off to a good start to his career in Spain. Maxi Romero is another one who moved um, and has has got high uh, expectations on him. So yeah, I think if people check out the likes of Nicolas Dominguez, Francisco Ortega, and some of the under twenties like Thiago Almada. And Alvaro Barriel, I think they're 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 all good players to watch, and 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 Vargas is certainly the the big name amongst them. So for the time being, hopefully he can just uh, ensure that Velez climb up to the table to where where they should be, and and then I'm sure that move to uh, somewhere somewhere else, wherever that might be, will will come eventually. I actually like your MLS shout for Vargas, especially because I think that could fit sort of the timetable he seems to be on right now, where if he has a big six months for Velez here, once the transfer window slams shut, he could be looking at a January move, and an MLS side could actually fit that window perfectly. As you've said, we've seen a lot of Argentine and South American playmakers go into kind of this next phase of MLS here in the States and be fairly successful. I think that's kind of a dark horse projection for Vargas, that you could see him you know, be it with the San Jose Earthquakes or some team like that playing for a a mediocre MLS team, but playing quite well for them. I I actually kind of like that shout from you. Yeah, it's like we've seen Almiron and and Joseph Martinez doing doing great things. Um, And I think that is now a league that that can really boost the profile of of players who I'm I'm sure clubs would already know about. but But sort of it's now gaining more traction as, as an attractive leave, league to scout from uh, for young players, certainly, rather than just a retirement home, as it was maybe traditionally seen as. Um, and I, I think he's currently got a buyout clause of 12 million US dollars. Um, they're looking to increase that. So they're certainly aware that this attention around the national team um, is, is going to bring some more attention on him and, and they'll look to make some more money out of him. But yeah, if, if someone can move in quickly and, and get him for under 12 million US dollars, which 
it would maybe be a bit of a gamble for an MLS side, but certainly a, a European side could uh, could do that and, and and not worry too much. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. And he's as I've said, he's he's a guy who is just very fun to watch, and and then the type of player that is almost like a throwback to to your classic Argentinian enganches. So. Yeah, def- definitely one to, to check out. Tom, I normally leave the dart throwing to you on these podcasts, but I'm going to throw one right now without even looking. Real Salt Lake in the MLS. They've signed some South American players. I know they have some Venezuelan players now. Real Salt Lake for Matias Vargas. This is with absolutely no preparation, not even <laughs> looked at their squad, couldn't tell you a thing about their financial situation. Just going to throw that dart. And I'm either going like to be it. really right or nobody's going to even care. So there yeah, you go. no, I, I think it's good. I'm, uh, I'm liking this this brave new world you're stepping into with the, with the predictions, you know, so eventually I can uh, try and uh, embarrass you with one of Thank the ones that's, got, that's gone wrong. It's, it's about time. My question for you is, can you name a player on Real Salt Lake? Um, is Jefferson Savarino there? He is, or at least he oh, was. Yeah. I'm currently checking to see if he still is there. Is Another good in? player that, you know, one of these Venezuelans that people should right. look out for. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe if he is on his way, then Vargas could be a good like-for-like replacement. There you go. See, see, so, you're buying it I'm, too. I'm coming around to it, yeah. So I'm to say Kyle Beckerman still playing for Real Salt Lake as well. Who's someone who we will not be doing a <laughs> scouting spotlight part. You think at 36, Beckerman's time is over? I don't know. Uh, you never be... know. He might have an Indian summer, but uh, maybe uh, not for maybe for another podcast. Joao Plata, also at Real Salt Lake. Ecuadorian. He's been there for quite some time. There you go. Probably a pacey uh, wide man uh, if uh, Simon Edwards were to yeah. uh, <laughs> to hazard a guess. Uh, <laughs> that is the most Real Salt Lake talk we've ever had on a Scouting Spotlight podcast, and you probably won't ever get that much anyway. But there's my dart throw just for you. Before I let you go, Tom, on this one, weaknesses for Vargas, things you'd like to see improved. It kind of feels like he might be the player that he will be, and the weaknesses are just something that, as you alluded to earlier, whatever club he ends up at is just going to kind of have to deal with and build around. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a fair, fair shout really. Um, you know, again, he's fairly diminutive, so he's never going to be winning many balls in the air. And I think defensively he, he could definitely work on that, especially if he's going to continue in this wider position. He's, he's someone who would then be expected to track back and, and under, Ain't say uh, uh, Velez. There, there's certainly going to be a lot of that collective unity and sort of his defensive side of the game as well. So that that's something that I'm sure is getting drilled into him. But yeah, probably something he could work in. But let's just enjoy him. Let him do what he he was born to do, and that's just you know thread those Ivan needle passes and and dribble around three people before slotting it slotting it in. So let's. Uh, Let's, don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. It feels like you saying that is also your your plea for him to end up in the right situation where he can be allowed to just do that. And he's not asked to do too much. And that's where I think uh, the mid-table European side, be that Italian or be that in La Liga or, or maybe even a Ligon in France, might be the best fit for him because he'll be allowed to play how he's he's best able to play. Yeah, exactly. I just want to see Monito doing his thing and uh i think if if uh he's accommodated correctly he, he could be a really effective player as he's showing for for velas so there's the you know there's there's a reason why he's been called up to these national teams i don't want to 
sort of put too too much of a, a downer on his career expectations. He's, he's still young and he's yeah someone who I think uh, could go on to have a, a very good career in, in Europe, even if it isn't at the the Real Madrids or Barcelonas of this world. He'll be fun to watch and and maybe at some point Velas will make their way into continental competition and onto my radar because it sounds like they're a fun team to watch and I'd love to watch fun teams play. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Scouting Spotlight Podcast. As always, be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.